Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. It is Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz, Ben Ferguson with you. Senator, this is really fun. We're getting to do back-to-back evenings with a live audience, which is really exciting. And we've got a dear friend of yours and a guest with us tonight getting to talk about some really cool things, especially when it comes to education. Imagine starting a university. That's a pretty cool idea. And we have someone that's done that. I'll let you do the intro. Well, we're very proud to be in Austin, Texas tonight with, with a very good friend of mine and someone who I say without hyperbole is one of the smartest people on planet Earth. We are with Joe Lonsdale. Joe Lonsdale is a big tech entrepreneur. He is a venture capitalist. Uh, he runs a major venture capital fund that invests, invests in tech companies across the country. He was the CEO of Palantir. Uh, he led the big tech exodus from California to Austin, Texas. And one of the amazing things we're seeing is Austin, Texas is becoming a mecca for people in tech who are not insane socialists. <laughs> and, Amen to that. And, and Joe came as, as sort of the, the search party. He was sent first. And, and, and I think probably Silicon Valley was curious the reception he was get, would get, and they found the cannibals did not eat him. And, and so he wired back, come to Texas. There's freedom here. There's sanity here. Joe, it is great to be with you. Welcome to Verdict. Thanks for being here, Ted. And thank, thank you very much for including me. It's very kind of you to say from one of the smartest senators. I appreciate the line there. Let me tell you about Freedom Gold USA. Uh, if you're like me and you like to make sure that you protect your hard-earned dollars, if you're close to retirement, if you're in retirement and you're watching what's happening with inflation, you're watching your savings erode away, your purchasing power erode away, well, then it may be time for you to take a look at gold and silver as part of diversifying your financial portfolio. It is something that I've done, and I use Freedom Gold. In fact, right now in my 
hand. I have a ounce of silver that is part of my portfolio. And I have this because no matter what happens, we've got a debt that's above $34 trillion with a T. And we've seen the push for central bank digital currencies. Our financial freedom is at risk. That is why I want you to know about Freedom Gold USA. They are ready to help you preserve your wealth and provide you stability in uncertain times. Now, here's the big perk. If you call them right now, you can see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. That's right. Learn how to add gold or silver to your IRA or have it shipped directly to your home and safeguard your wealth with physical gold and silver. one 800 655-8843. That's 1-800-655-8843. Use the company that I use. Go to freedomgoldusa.com slash verdict. That's freedomgoldusa.com slash verdict. And talk to them to see if you qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. 1-800-655-8843. You've got something that I think is amazing, and it deals with education. I want to start with that first, because not only did you leave California, but you also had this insane idea of, hey, I want to start a university. Where did that come from, and what is the goal and mission? Oh, you know, we've been talking about the universities for a while. I mean, all of us have seen over the years how they've kind of gone the wrong direction. But, you know, when, when I was in university, I'm, 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 you know, I was there in 2000, 2004. There were problems. There was, there was, was, you know, you'd get in trouble for being politically incorrect. You'd be told not to talk about things. I got my first B for trying to defend John Locke in a humanities course because that was, you know, you're not supposed to do that. But, but it was frame that one, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, but that, it wasn't like uh, Joe. That's called a humble brag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first B, true. first B. That's true. But my freshman year, it was, you know, but, but, it, but, you know, it, it wasn't totally crazy. And I, and I think a lot of people who have not been at universities for a while don't realize, like just how crazy these places have become over the last you know five six seven years there was i think it was like a shift in our society maybe it was around 2014 2015 but i mean the stanford review which peter Thiel started and i was involved with which is a libertarian and conservative paper like a lot of the kids there is like you can't even admit you write for it anymore it has to be pseudonymous because it would ruin your social life and you'd be attacked for it and and like these departments have just gotten so radicalized and so broken and it's, so there's, there's and, you know, the administrators over the last 20 years, you've tripled the size of the administration. There's more administrators now at Yale than there are students. About as many administrators at Harvard. Uh, this DEI thing has come in. It's anti-merit. It's just, it's just so broken. So I, I think people don't realize that, you know, I actually believe universities played a really important role in our society the last 100 years. And, you know, I was really, I'm really lucky to have friends such as Neil Ferguson, the great historian, Barry Weiss, uh, you know, who I think runs one of the most important media companies in the U.S. today as my two co-founders. And all of us realize, you know, American institutions are, are breaking, they're failing, it's bad for our country. You know what you do in America when these things are broken? You build new ones. And, and Joe, what you're doing here is incredibly important. So you founded the University of Austin. Uh, tell listeners of the podcast what the University of Austin is and what's the vision? What is it trying to accomplish? You know, we're, we're trying to build uh, a new great university in America that competes with Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Stanford, MIT. It competes for, for, for the best and brightest. And we want to have one of these places where it actually pursues truth, where it doesn't defer to who's offended, doesn't defer to a crazy ideology. You don't have a bunch of you know, administrators hounding you down. You, you actually are, are focused on teaching young people to be courageous, to, to basically learn how to speak up, learn how to confront solutions in our society. If you can have even like a small number 
of the people who go on to run our elite to learn how to speak out, learn how to call out. So, nonsense, and, and where you know? is the university and the journey of its founding and, and becoming established and, and growing? So, you know, it turns out like a lot of other industries, uh, there's a big cartel for starting these things. We had to do 2,000 pages of regulation. We had to, you know, go through all sorts of things. But, but we were officially an operating university, the first new private university in Texas in over 60 years. Where we're, we've done we've done all sorts of different events and seminars, and we have our first our founding undergraduate class joining right now. There's going to be 100 students to join in the fall. You know, we've had over 5,000 professors. Now, are they apply. all freshmen or th that are starting, or how, do, how, how, does, how does it work in terms of the class coming in? We're, 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 we're defining them as all freshmen, although we may admit a few people who've, who've gone to a couple of the top schools and are fleeing them, and so you know, we can include them in it with us instead, of course. Now, are there particular majors that are being offered to start with? What, what are the students going to be studying? Well, you know, we want all the students to have a sort of intellectual foundations of, like, the great debates of Western civilization, kind of like the, the a core, what's called a classical liberal core. But then you have different centers. So we have a center for economics, history, and politics. And we have people who've given up tenure at places like University of Chicago and Columbia and, and other places like that to teach there. We have a center for STEM. Um, our friend Elon Musk built a lot of things here. And people who help run SpaceX and Boring Company are helping us shape some of the STEM to make sure these students are people they want to partner with. So we, so we, so we have multiple different electives as well, uh, just like any other college. Raising money is something that obviously is vitally important. And you have moments where you can see where probably instead of you going to people telling them the story they start coming to you did that just happen when we saw so much anti-israel rhetoric on college campuses where then people that you know came to you and said hey maybe i do want to get involved in this idea maybe you're on to something here yeah you know a lot of people like i haven't realized just how broken the universities are they always thought it was something guys like ted and i like like to argue with the crazy people on the far left and we've probably always called these places out uh but they've gotten a lot worse since we were arguing with them 20 years ago yeah and so and a lot of these people finally woke up after October 7th and after they saw obviously the presidents of, of Harvard and, and MIT and, and whatnot like in Penn going and making total fools of themselves and they started to look a little more closely and then of course like the plagiarism scandal comes out and then if you've been paying attention it turns out that it's not just Clyde and Gay it's the all the leadership of DE, the DEI and the Title IX office all plagiarize all their stuff. Because guess what? If you have a philosophy that's anti-merit, maybe you yourself aren't doing things that are meritocratic, you know? Look, I don't know about you, Joe, but I, for one, was was really inspired when, when former Harvard President Claudine Gay wrote the immortal words, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> First time she's ever written that. It was amazing. Uh, you know, then she said, I have a dream. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, e pluribus unum. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's, it's She's really brilliant, let's just be honest. And it shows you how rotten these places are. That we've, we've, They've now done an investigation. The board of Harvard didn't even look into her scholarship before making her president. They didn't even look into it at all. And it's clear, because she was not hired for being a great scholar. She was hired for, obviously, other reasons, for her, for her gender and her sex and for so, being So critical. how are you finding your faculty to assemble a, a, a new university? You've got people like Neil Ferguson. You've got Barry Weiss, who I would note. If you have not read Barry Weiss's resignation letter from the editorial board of the New York Times, it is one of the most important things written in, in the past decade, and it is the most concise and effective indictment of the corruption of corporate journalism that I've read anywhere. So the two of them, how did you team up with them, and how did you find your, the, the other members of your faculty? You know, I have to give Mark Andreessen credit for introducing me to Barry. We both were talking to him about the need to rebuild our broken institutions in the U.S., whether it's media, whether it's universities, uh, whether there's so much else we need, to, we need to fix. And I'm so inspired by her. Neil's been a friend for a very long time. I think he's the greatest living historian. And, and, and a lot of other people are attracted to working with people like that. Um, 
so you know, we, like said, we, when we announced this, we've had we had I think the first few months, five thousand professors send us notes to try to inquire about working with us. So it's not been wow. hard to find them. That this is a place people want to be so part of. Five thousand professors. That that's worth underscoring. Look. There are, and I think this is true in every one of our institutions that is corrupted and captured by the left, there are people trapped within them who have not lost their minds, but they're scared. They still want to earn a living. They want a job. They, they know if they open their mouth, they risk being canceled, being fired, being thrown out. But I think that's true at universities. I think that is true in entertainment. I think that is true in journalism. I think that's true in big tech. Let, let, let me shift. You know the world of big tech well. You know, I think back to big tech 15 years ago, and I think at the time, big tech was really at a fork in the road. And it could have gone down the road of, of embracing a, a, a libertarian utopia of saying, leave us the hell alone. We're going to be entrepreneurs. We're going to invent a new world. Or it could have gone down the road they chose instead, which is nanny state totalitarianism. We have the power, and we will use the power to silence anyone who dares speak, speak out. Do you agree with that assessment? And if so, why did they choose road number two? Uh, I, I, I do agree with that. And to tie it back to what we're just talking about, Ted, uh, these cultures come from our universities. Google is hiring thousands of PhDs out of these universities who've just grown up in that culture their entire life. Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, these are these tech cultures and the university cultures, they're one and the same. And you know, if the university culture is that rotten, that's what these kids have been brought up in their whole life. And it's interesting because you kind of learn at these places, like rather than a university that teaches you to be courageous and to speak up, you learn shut up, virtue signal, go along or you're gonna get in trouble. And you learn there's gonna be a five percent of crazy people on the far left. And when they shout you obey because that's how you stay out of trouble, and that's the way these companies are run. Now, is there a tipping point? There, there have been a handful of people who, who have shown real courage in the tech space. There's you, there's Elon Musk, there's Peter Thiel, there's Palmer Luckey, there's Larry Ellison. There are a few. How many others are there, and, and do you see a tipping point where others will feel like, Wait, I can speak out in support of free enterprise. I can speak out in support of free speech. I can stand up to the Borg, the co collective mentality of Silicon Valley. You, you know, I think a lot of people are scared, and they're scared for good reason. This is where I'd actually ha have a little bit of empathy towards a lot of these friends of mine. I get texts every time that we put something online that, that you and I like and we're speaking out and we're being strong. I get texts from people who run multi-billion dollar companies. I get texts from people whose companies support hundreds of thousands of other companies. And they're terrified if they're supporting $100,000 companies that if they become, you know, if we're you know, drinking vodka with the name of a friend in Austin on it, he does not do politics because he knows that if he becomes controversial, the, 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 it could hurt him. So there's, there's a lot of fear right now in the community, and the far left's very good at demonizing people who speak out. You moved a company from California to Texas. There's a lot of people that love that, but they also, the saying, don't California, my Texas. When people move here, I'm assuming you had people that didn't agree with your conservative values that came. Do they see life differently? I mean, it's been a couple of years now. Do they come in and go, hey, it's actually a better way of life and they like freedom and they're starting to come around to it? Or do they just move here because they say, okay, well, it's more freedom during COVID and I pay less taxes, but I'm still the same person voting? You know, I, I want to give you a statistic you probably know, and, and, and uh, obviously I'm a huge fan of this, Senator. The last race you ran was closer than it should have been. If it wasn't for people who had moved to Texas, the race would have gone the other way on the, by the numbers. 
And so it turns out that on the on the whole, the people who choose to move here tend to be even more on the side of liberty, more on the side of freedom, on even than the people who were born here. So 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 I so I think it's fair to be really worried about these crazy people coming in. But you should know the people who choose to come here, like we're we're fleeing something that's broken, and we're coming here because if, if America falls. We're screwed, right? And a lot of my friends, by the way, have given up. I have billionaire friends who are living in Switzerland, who are living in Singapore, who are saying, Joe, the woke guys are in charge. You're done. My wife and I are here in Texas because we are making a stand here for America, and those are our values. And those are a lot of our friends' values. You've got kids. How much of that was your decision as well? I mean, when you've got young kids, you and I are actually the same age, graduated the same year. Um, and, and I know for me that... The, By the way, Ben, he's made gazillions of dollars. He's been a major CEO. What the hell have you done with I, your life, Ben? I'm a co-host with Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> I've got that going, right? You know. <laughs> but how much was it your... And I will tell you... And I will tell you... back in a moment. And, and, and I will tell you, Joe does have a basketball court, yes. and, and we are going to shortly play hoops. I'm told Joe has a pretty serious hoops game. Uh, ben in high school was a center and, you know, has yes. got some mass. So, so, yeah. so, so, so we're going to see how things yeah. play out. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a little bigger guy than you. I wouldn't talk too much trash yeah, right yeah. before a game here. Yeah. Somebody's going to be limping out of here tonight. Joe, be me now. this, this is the only part of my game is trash talking. <laughs> <laughs> if I give up on trash talk, I have zero game left. <laughs> Ben, we're, we're, we're loving raising our four daughters here. I think this is a great place to raise kids. I think it's a lot more tolerant place of a lot of different views. It's funny to say it used to be San Francisco was quote-unquote tolerant, but it actually is not. Like If you if you speak out and on the other side, you're in trouble there. I think here it's very accepting uh, where we live in Texas. And, and yeah, I mean, listen, you, you guys have all heard the stories. I, I had friends' kids who were in first grade at the local private school that we had heard was the best one, and they came to us, and they were distraught, and they said, you know, the teacher lined the kids up today and told them to be lined up by gender, and then she yelled at them for half an hour about how there's not only two genders and they're confused and then he's like i mean i'm not obsessed with this stuff myself but if the teachers are obsessed with it that's kind of a weird place to raise kids step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I want to take a moment and have a real heart-to-heart with you. If you're able, place your hand over your heart right now. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a pre-born baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. We've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, Preborn's network of clinics rescues 200 babies from abortion. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life. By six weeks, eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a little baby is able to suck his or her thumb. For just $28, you can be the difference between the life or death of a child. And if you're a business owner, perhaps you can consider a larger donation for a write-off because we know the government isn't working on saving babies. A donation of $1,000, $2,000, $20,000. All gifts are tax-deductible and will reach eternity. Get involved today. 
To donate, just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250. Say the keyword baby or donate securely at preborn.com slash verdict. That's preborn.com slash verdict. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's the path to take them back? So with University of Austin, you were fighting to try to take back universities. I think that's incredibly important. You know, I got to say, as a, as a parent, you know, you sit here and think, do you, do you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to send your kid to a school that will try to brainwash them to hate America and hate you. Exactly. And, and, and it's, it's hard to know what to do, but at the same time, you want your kids to do well, and education ha- has been the key to success so often in, in America that I know a lot of parents that are just, just almost paralyzed. What do I do? You're fighting to take that institution back. Do you have hope we can take universities back? And then I'm going to ask you the same question on big tech. You know, on universities, we got to build some new ones. They're going to they're going to influence the broken ones to be better. Um, I think it's going to take multiple that we build. And and uh, yes, I think we can shift the back. We're not going to reconquer Harvard and Yale. I mean, it's not you have to basically realize these places. It's the administrators. It's the departments through their own hiring. It's it's the the lawyers who are in charge. It's the board is in charge. So you're you're not going to reconquer those schools, but you can influence them to be better, and you can build better ones. I actually think we have a better chance in K to 12 that we do in universities, and that's thanks to school choice. If we can get that done, and this is something I wish the I think a lot of rural Republicans are on our side now in Texas. They get it. They get how bad it is. Um, I think a lot of people in the rural areas, they you know they know the teachers, they love them, and they're confused. They don't realize there's tons of schools, especially in our cities in Texas, even here, that are brainwashing our kids. And we desperately need to give parents the right to get out of those schools. I want to tell you about our friends over at Patriot Mobile. If you are sick and tired of giving your money to woke companies that literally hate your values, hate your family values, hate your faith, it is time for you to vote with your dollars and switch to a company that stands by what you believe in. That is Patriot Mobile. When I look down at my phone, I see the word Patriot in the top left. Why? Because I switched to Patriot Mobile. Now I get the same great service that I had with Big Mobile. But the biggest difference is every time I make a call, every time I send a text, and every time I pay my bill, I know I'm standing with a company that's actually fighting for my values. Patriot Mobile offers you dependable nationwide coverage giving you the ability to access all the major network towers, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to without funding that left. And when you switch to Patriot, you're sending a message because 5% of your bill every month is given back and no charge to you to causes that you help choose to support. We're talking about supporting free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, our Second Amendment, as well as supporting our military, our veterans, our first responder heroes, and our wounded warriors. How easy is it to switch? Just go to patriotmobile.com slash verdict. That's patriotmobile.com slash verdict. Or call them 972-PATRIOT. Make the switch and make a difference with that bill every month. Free activation when you use the offer code verdict. That's 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash verdict. You, you seem to be doing something that is 
really cool and fun. A lot of people do legacy later in life. They think about their country. They think about their grandkids. And then they kind of shift what they're doing. You seem to be in the fight right now. And includes you working on legislation uh, through a think tank. You even had an op-ed that just came out this last week. Tell people about that aspect of what you're doing. Because you seem to be all in on the fight, again, at a young age, in your early 40s. Yeah, you know, I'm still building companies and running my funds, so there's, it'd be really nice just to be able to wait until I was 60 or 70. Uh, I think maybe if this was uh, 20, 30 years ago, I might have done that. It feels like this is a really critical time for our country, and we can't just wait 20 or 30 yes. years. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so, so give, given, given, that, given that we might not have a country left if we don't all fight for it right now, uh, it's my job to do it. And, you know, uh, at Cicero Institute, we have teams in 20 states. We're fighting for liberty and accountability and going after all sorts of nonsense there. Uh, yeah, the op-ed was fun this week. I I, uh, I felt pretty strongly. I'm friends with Elon Musk, uh, watching what's happening to him and the president with the weaponized courts. And you know, our country. One of the reasons it's exceptional is we have you know equality of justice under the law. And I'd be very against Republicans weaponizing courts to attack the left. And I was also very against the left weaponizing courts to attack to attack them. I think it was great. Jeb Bush spoke up about that as well. Yeah, look, it it is absolutely grotesque the weaponization of our justice system. We're seeing it against Donald Trump with four indictments all over the country with with a ridiculous civil verdict in New York. Uh, And we're seeing it against Elon Musk. I will say the Biden administration, watching the Biden administration weaponize every single federal agency against Elon Musk. And, And as you know, Elon, until like 12 minutes ago, wasn't a Republican. Elon had never voted Republican until just over two years ago. Elon voted for Hillary Clinton and for Joe Biden. And and he said publicly the first Republican he ever voted for was Myra Flores here in Texas just a couple of years ago. And the fact that he dared speak out, and especially the fact that he, he bought Twitter and has allowed free speech, the left has decided he must be destroyed. And even for someone... With, with vast resources, having the federal government come after you is a daunting proposition. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really disgusting to watch like how, how open they are. It feels like a third world country, Ted. And, you know, I think if you step back a little bit, there's this battle in our, in our, in our civilization for truth and justice. And it's very clear truth and justice have been, been losing a lot the last 20, 30 years. I think buying Twitter, now X, I think... Hopefully, what we're trying to do with some of these institutions, we can start to turn it around. I still think we're losing a little bit, but I think we're going to start turning things around. And I, if more of us can get into the fight, more people like Elon, I think we have a chance to win. So how about big tech? Is there hope for turning big tech around? Is, are, are there, you mentioned 5,000 professors wanting to get out. That's a really encouraging stat to me. Do you think there are likewise people in big tech that are quietly wanting some semblance of of sanity but but are afraid and is there a way that that, that they can come out of hiding you know there's definitely a lot of them and and i'll tell you what the way that this works thank goodness is there are market forces and you know google would have been way ahead of everyone else if they didn't have a completely corrupt i mean it's it's a joke online but it's like they put out these things they saw this week where they couldn't even do a picture of a white person you'd ask 1820s show me a couple from the 1820s america and it's like it's like a black guy and a Japanese woman, and it, like that's nice, but it's probably I, not. You I know. don't know if you've seen. It's actually very complex game theory. But if you ask Google to create a chessboard, it has only black pieces. <laughs> it's very, and, and it's very hard to know how to win or lose at that point. 
The, the funny part is they only got in trouble. I, I want to make the point, but the funny part is they only got in trouble for this because somebody thought to say, show me a German Nazi soldier from the 1930s, and it showed this Han Chinese woman, this Native American guy in Nazi uniform, and, 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 that, and that was too far. It was amazing. That was too that far was, from the New York Times. Yeah, it was like, okay, Look, now the, we actually know we need to fix this. Yeah. Listen, the Chinese Nazis, that was a real problem. It was it's, a huge problem. It's not problem. covered in history class. Yeah. So, so, but here, Miss Gay, did she actually cover that in a paper? I don't know if you've read that one yet. Here, here's the great thing about markets and about innovation is that when you start to focus so much on nonsense that you start to lose and you start to not attract the best people, other people defeat you in the market and those new things uh, are very often, you know, if you look at fast growing startups versus these tech monopolies, the fast growing startups are far less woke because they have to be focused on competence and a lot of people who are joining them are fleeing these crazy broken places. So I do think it's going the right direction. All right, let me ask a business question. You know tech better than most people alive. Where are things going in terms of innovation 10 years from now what should we know now that we don't know and how will the world be different in a decade well the the really positive thing that's happening right now and i, I was never a huge crypto guy i don't love fiat currencies i think there's a good use against like you know corrupt governments but i was never that into crypto ai actually to me is actually very real uh the 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 way to think about it we could talk all about sorts of complicated things but the simple thing to think about is productivity is just really key in our economy. The reason we have more wealth is we do more with less. And there's all these industries in our economy where this, this AI combined with operations can do things much more affordably, much cheaper. And so if you look at this, like healthcare billing, for example, we spend probably over a quarter trillion dollars a year healthcare billing, and you can probably cut that in a third over the next five or six years. There's tons of areas like that. So there are lots of Cassandras painting stories of impending doom from AI. Is AI going to destroy us all? And do you know what year does Skynet go online? <laughs> I do work a lot in defense, so I'm working on it, Ted. But th there's, there's, uh, then we can control all of you. No, <laughs> we, we, we uh, no. Listen, there's, there's two different conversations with AI. Yes, my master. <laughs> Thank you. No, don't, don't get in trouble there. Uh, Ted's in charge. The, the, uh, the. <laughs> There's two different conversations with AI. One of them is productivity and wealth creation, and it's actually extremely positive, and that's really good. The other conversation with AI, it's very funny. A lot of people in the tech world are not religious. They've given up their religion. And so this is, this is kind of like a form of their religion, the singularity, the, the taking over the world of AI. And it's very funny. It's a very messianic vision. It's very much like Revelations in, in, in Judaism and Christianity, where, where this thing comes and it changes everything. And it's effectively a new god, because once it improves itself, it keeps getting better. And, and so it's like it's, like, it's like it's a secular religion in Silicon Valley. Valley. People are obsessed with it, as they talk about end of times with it all the time. And it's funny because America's had a lot of other religious like revival movements over the last 200 years, where people were convinced end of times was coming very soon. This is a, quite a weird one based in Silicon Valley. All right, so we're going to wrap up momentarily, but I want to ask. So you are very engaged in policy. A policy question Washington is wrestling with right now. So as you know, I'm the ranking member on the Senate Commerce Committee, and AI is squarely within our jurisdiction. In fact. Back in 2015, I chaired the first ever congressional hearing on AI and have been focused on it for a long time. Now, there are a lot of voices in Washington, most notably Chuck Schumer, but also including some Republicans that are eager for a very heavy hand of government when it comes to AI. And Schumer and Democrats are, opposing, are proposing literally prior government approval before innovations in AI. I've been very vocal in saying that is catastrophically stupid and if we put government in the position of prior approval, we will cede leadership of AI to our enemies, to China and other countries, and we will kill American leadership. I'm interested in your views because this, this policy discussion, and I've got to tell you, 
a lot of big tech, the Googles and Facebooks of the world, are saying, yes, yes, regulate us, because they believe they can capture the government and use it to shut everyone down. What's your take on how government should approach AI? Because this is as hot as, as, as any question in Washington right now. Well, you know, Mr. Senator, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I'm really glad you're taking that, that, that tactic. As you know, the big companies, a lot of them know they're losing some of their best talent. They know it's going to be hard to compete. But what you know what they have? Like if I want to start a competitor, for example, to BlackRock right now in New York, I have to spend $100 million a year on lawyers even just to do what they do. They love the fact that there's tons of rules and regulations. These big companies would love it to make it impossible to compete against them in AI. So number one, 100%. Keep the regulations as small as possible. Now. The, 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 the thing I will give them, and we have to be very careful because this is not why they're doing it. The thing I will give them is there probably are ways that some people could figure out how to use AI in bioterror and other areas. And so we have to watch it. We have to be very careful. We have to see as it goes along. But let's not give them the ability to make the whole thing crony and break it. Well, and, and, and look, there is no doubt there will need to be regulations applied to AI like to any other industry. Now, many of our existing laws can apply. So are there risks of fraud? Are there risks of deception? Yes. Or do you see things like like Taylor Swift had the AI fake porn put put on, and because she was Taylor Swift and had such a prominence, she was able to get it pulled down. Well, what happens if that's your kid? Well, and, it's, and, well if it's you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and nobody would watch that. That's all right. That, 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 that the market forces would take care of that all on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so ready to get in there, so ready. That was my moment, and you knew it, and you jumped in beforehand. I'm, I, I, ah, okay, keep going. That was, that was all me, uh, folks. Go ahead. But there's no doubt there are going to be needs to apply laws and rules, whether fraud, whether deception. Uh, the, the, the legal system will have to be applied. But, but I think we should move slowly and understand what we're doing because the productivity benefits potentially are, are, are massive. And, and I will say, when you, you, know, you talked a minute ago about how, how the big tech companies want barriers to entry, and, and that is the most common. One of the great lies of politics is the idea that, that, that conservatives are pro-big business. The reality is big business loves big government. Big business usually gets in bed with big government. And big business loves when government puts barriers to entry to stop the next generation of entrepreneurs. And, and, and I'll say this. Look, I, I have nothing for or against big business, but I am interested in the little guys, the next group of entrepreneurs, what, what the economist Joseph Schumpeter called creative destruction, and one of my favorite images on the Internet is a picture of the founders of Microsoft in, in 1978. And you have Paul Allen with long hair and a beard, and he looks like one of the BGs. You've got Bill Gates with, with glasses the size of hip uh, hubcaps. And, 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 it, and, and on, it's just that picture of a bunch of college dropouts, and it just asks, would you invest money with these guys? And that is, an, and they were taking on IBM Big Blue, the giant behemoth, and they were the creative destruction. Now they're the giant, and I will say... Let's do this to wrap up. Talk about the importance of disruptors, of innovation, of the next generation driving techs, driving productivity, driving our economy. Well, this, I mean, this is 100% how America works, as you say. And by the way, it's our biggest advantage against China as our adversary. In China right now, the CCP, 
aside from just having killed a bunch of our billionaire Chinese tech friends, so everyone's terrified to build more tech if you're already successful in China. The other thing they have going against them. Hold on, s s say that again. A lot of our tech friends died in the la or died and or fled in the last five years out of China. They're, and a lot of them were taken away and disappeared, then came back, and they won't talk about it anymore. So, so, so do we yeah. know names of peop uh, people who were killed? Because I, 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 I don't. I'll give you a friend. And Andy Tian ran an Asian Innovations Group, 47 years old, about to go public last year after working hard for 11 years. And they told him they, they wanted to do things differently with the data and going in China. He said, I'm going to go talk to him in Beijing. Uh, next I heard, he died in his sleep that night at 47 years old. Wow. And, and there's a lot of stories like this. There's a lot of guys who built a lot of it who fled and who are very scared of Xi Jinping. But I'll, I'll tell you the other big advantage we have, though, against them, other than them screwing that up, is basically uh, all this productivity coming from AI, it's going to disrupt healthcare. It's going to change how healthcare works. It's going to change how logistics works. It's going to change how all these industries work. In China, the government people and their cronies, they own those industries. They are not going to allow those to be disrupted. The yeah. question is, is in America, are we still able to disrupt things? Are we still going to be allowed by our government to go in and change how those things work? And it's going to be a battle because we have regulatory agencies that also want to slow it down with the big companies. But I still believe in America, with the right leadership, we actually can disrupt these things and we can grow. Well, look, when AI replaces podcast, I hope that the computer that takes my place does a really <laughs> fine job. I want to talk to you about how you start your morning off. If you're like me and you're a coffee drinker, I get up early. I get on the radio at 7 a.m. and I have got to have not just a cup of coffee, a really good cup of coffee. And I have a 2024 New Year's resolution. I am not giving my money to woke coffee companies. That is something I have gotten rid of. Blackout coffee is the coffee that I drink. It is amazing. This is 100% America and 0% woke coffee. Blackout Coffee is 100% committed to conservative values as a company. From sourcing their beans to the roasting process, customer support and shipping, they embody true American values and they accept no compromise on premium taste and premium quality. If you want a great cup of coffee, not good, not kind of good, not pretty good, but amazing, you need to go to blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Now, here's the cool part. Use the promo code verdict for 20% off your first order. So try it. You're going to be hooked like I am, and you'll never go back to those other woke brands. Blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Be awake, not woke. That's blackoutcoffee.com slash verdict. Promo code verdict for 20% off your first order. Fine. Final question for you, and I want to go back to the university because there's going to be a lot of kids that listen to this, a lot of parents, grandparents, they're going to, and maybe even professors that may want to reach out. What does next year's class look like? Is there a cap on that? If someone says, I want more information, if there's a professor that's listening to this and says, hey, I want to leave this great institution that I'm at because of I'm being stifled or silenced, I want to talk to you. How can they do that? So we're bidding our first class right now. This is just as competitive to get into as the other top 10 schools. But if you have a really bright young young student who, who's a you know, founding personality, entrepreneurial personality. It's pretty much one of the coolest places you can go. We have a hundred of my top tech friends who put their names on and advising it. We have all these top academics. It's going to be very competitive to get in, but but yes, please, please, please apply. You can go to uaustin.org and search for University of Austin online. Uh, professors, they're, they're, they're welcome to email, obviously, if they're amazing. We'd love to talk to them. We have a, a pretty big line of people trying to get in as professors right now, but obviously, very, very interested in meeting great people.
Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us here. Thank you to everybody that's here in the audience as well. Uh, don't forget, we do this show Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Hit that subscribe, auto-download button, and don't forget the Saturday Week in Review. Anything you may have missed during the week, and the center and I will see you back here in a couple of days. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.